Now today, we're back in our series, Resetting Family Rhythms. You know, in, in life, there are moments when we need to reset some things. How many of you have ever had to reset something? Maybe turn off your phone and turn it back on again. Maybe turn off your Wi-Fi and reset it. Maybe it's your Xbox, your Switch. Sometimes in life, things begin to glitch, and we need to reset some things. The same is true in our faith life. There are moments in our faith life when we need to reset our life. And faith is the reset button of our life. When we believe that God is the best way to live and the only way to die, when we believe that God has the answer for us, he empowers us to push the reset button in our life. In fact, one of our core values here at Westover is that strong faith builds strong families. Strong faith builds strong families. When faith is at the center of your life and of your family, your family can be strong. I've also discovered in my journey of life that strong families, they intentionally reset rhythms. Strong faith families, they intentionally reset rhythms. They pay attention to the things that they do. Not all of our rhythms are helpful. Sometimes rhythms are unhelpful. And we need to discover the faith rhythms that God has for us. And one of the ways that we can reset our rhythms is by partnering with someone by the name of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit, he builds strong families. If you feel like your family is weak, if you feel like your family is not where it needs to be, the Holy Spirit can step in and help your family be strong because he is able. He is God. Jesus promised him. He said, I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and he's going to help you. He's a friend. He's a counselor. He's a mentor. He's a helper. He's available all the time. And we can call on him and ask him to help us. Kids, students. At any point in your life, you can call on the Holy Spirit and he'll help you. For you see, the Holy Spirit is the third part of God. You've heard about Father God, you've heard about Jesus, and you've heard about the Holy Spirit. And the three of them, they form God. But the Holy Spirit, he comes to help us at any moment. So if you're alone, or you're in the middle of class, or you're with your friends, or if you're up late at night and you're scared, or maybe you're just trying to wake up in the morning... God can come and help you. The Holy Spirit's there to help you. And so today I want to tell you a story about a family, a faith family in the Bible that discovered the power of the Holy Spirit. So with that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in Acts chapter 10. I'm going to be reading out of the message version. We're going to hear a story about the life of a family. The, we don't know the name of the mom or the kids, but we know the name of the man. His name was Cornelius. So join me in Acts chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2 and a couple other verses as well. So join me there. This is what it says. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in, who lived in Caesarea. He was captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He led everyone in his house, his wife and children, to live worshipfully before God was always helping people in need, and he had the habit of prayer. He was a man that was chasing God. He wanted his family to be strong, and he discovered that in God, there's power. But on one particular day, God sent an angel to Cornelius, and the angel told Cornelius, 
your good works, you helping people, and you praying has gone before God, and he is pleased with you. You know, when we help people and when we pray, God is pleased with us. God is pleased with us when we do those things. He went on to tell Cornelius, go find a man by the name of Peter. Now, those of you who know, Peter was what? He was one of the disciples. He was one of the people that followed Jesus. And so Cornelius sends two men to go find Peter by the seaside. And at that same moment when Cornelius had that appearance of the angel, Peter had a vision. He had a vision. And in that vision, God was telling him, you think that I only came for the Jews, but I came for everyone. In that moment, he told Peter that God came for all of us, you and me. He came from the Jews. He came for the Romans. He came for all of us. And so a little while later, when the men showed up, they knocked on the door, and then the Spirit of God told Peter, go with these men. So he follows them. They go back to Caesarea. And right at that moment, when Peter shows up at Cornelius' house, here's what happens. Cornelius begins to talk to him. And Peter asked the question, why have you called for me? And then Cornelius tells him, an angel showed up. He told me to come find you. So I've invited you to my home. Peter said, I normally don't do this, but because God sent me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you kids, students, adults, young adults, whenever God tells you to do something, even when it doesn't make sense, you can trust it because God's going to lead you the right direction. So he goes in and all the people in the house, there were family members, there were kids, there were students, his wife, extended family, friends, people there, they wanted to hear the word of God. So I want to invite you to jump to, pay, uh, to verse 34 and 35. It says this, Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door's open. Verse 37, it began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth, anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. I'm going to tell you this little secret. The one who anoints us with the Holy Spirit is Jesus. We need to chase after him. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. How many of you have ever felt beat down by the devil? I think all of us, look around, all of us, we've felt beat down by the devil. But when the power of God, when the Holy Spirit of God is within us, we can withstand the enemy. He was able to do all this because God was with him. God was in him. Everyone in the house, Cornelius, his wife, his family, his friends, were amazed at what Peter was telling them. And then a really miraculous thing happened. Look at verse 44. No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. The Holy Spirit came and filled the room. The, the believing Jews who had come with Peter couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on outsider, non-Jews. But there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues and they heard them praising God. Tonight, we're going to end our message. We're going to end our moment by seeking the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us on the inside and to fill us to overflowing. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you a little bit about what strong families do. Here are some of the things that strong families do. Number one, strong families, they help people in need. Verse one and two says this, Cornelius led everyone in his house, his wife and his children to live, always helping everyone in need. 
I love what he does right here. Cornelius shows his family how to help people. In fact, I want to suggest to you parents that that's our responsibility. We need to teach our kids how to help other people because kids and students follow what we model. Kids, students, there's ways for you to help. There's ways for you to help a friend with homework, with a problem with a friend, a problem with a teacher. At any point in our life, we can find a way to help other people. One of the ways to help people is by paying it forward. How many of you have heard paying it forward? This idea of paying it forward is saying, God, because you've blessed me, I'm going to bless someone else. Because you have given me life and health, I'm going to bless someone else. And you know, there's power in paying it forward. When we pay it forward, we, we feel the power of God in our life. And so today I want to challenge you all as families to find ways to pay it forward. Here's a couple thoughts about paying it forward. Look for ways to help family, friends, and even strangers. Give freely, not expecting anything in return. Kids, students, young adults, even small acts count. God pays attention to that. So be willing to answer this question as a family. As a family, we will pay it forward by doing what? Here are some examples. I want to offer this to you. And in fact... These are at the very bottom of your notes in your Westover app, and they're also going to be on social media tomorrow. There's going to be these two challenges that I'm going to be sharing with you. They're going to be on social media, and we want you as families to take this seriously. Here's some, things, some ways to pay it forward. Share a smile or a hug. Pay for someone's coffee. Write a kind note. Hold the door for someone. Say thank you. Parents, young adults, be a kind driver. Now, kids, I know you watch your parents from the back seat, and sometimes they're not kind, right? No. Parents, we need to lead and be kind drivers. Maybe you can bake cookies for someone. Now, let me tell you this. If you want to bless me with chocolate chip cookies... I would not deny it. I don't want to deny you a blessing, a blessing me. So if you want to give me cookies, that would be great. It would bless me, and you would be doing something to help someone in need. <laughs> maybe, kids, students, maybe you need to donate some of your spare change to our next level campaign. Maybe you need to collect some money together and be part of that very first offering to make that student center happen. I love this quote by Winston Churchill. This is what he says. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. The Bible tells us that it's better to give than to what? Receive. It's better to give than to receive. The second thing that strong families do is they pray and they worship together. Verse 1 and 2 tells us this, that Cornelius led everyone in his house, his wife and children, to live worshipfully before God and have the habit of prayer. Tonight, I'm going to challenge you parents to start today. To come up to the altar and to lead your family in worshiping God. You know, parents, children can't go where we're not willing to lead them. Children can't go where we're not willing to lead them. So wherever we go, they go. We must be willing to lead from the front. 
on how to pray and worship God together. In fact, I love this idea of doing things together because in life, it's always better to do things together, right? Now, it's all right to play video games by yourself, but it's always better when you get to play with someone else, right? It's always all right to just ride your bikes by yourself, but it's always better if you get to ride bikes with someone else. It's all right to go to Whataburger, which is the best restaurant in the world, by yourself, but it's always better to go together. Again, another opportunity. Because here at Westover, we truly are better together. You know, we get that chance to do life together. And what I've discovered is that strong families, strong faith families, they actually build their faith together. Think about it. It's not just enough to do things together, to have a meal together, to watch TV together. But I want to challenge you to build your faith together. And one of the ways that we can do that is by establishing faith habits. Because faith habits reset family rhythms. Your faith habits, if you take a serious look at them, they will reset your family rhythms. So what are your family habits? What are your family faith habits? What do you do? James Clear, he wrote a book called Atomic Habits, and this is what he said. We don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our habits. It's not about how good of a goal you have. It's how good are your habits. So if you don't have any faith habits, here's a couple faith habits I want to share with you for 2020. Number one, pray together. Number two, worship God together. Number three, read your Bible together. In fact... There's a family in our life group. They got a little daughter. And this little daughter, what she's been doing this entire month is right before bed. She asked her mom and dad to pray and read the Bible together. Now, kids, students, if you want to stay up a little longer, ask your parents to read the Bible and pray with you. Now, parents, I'm going to tell you, as, as your pastor, in front of your kids and students, that if they ask you to pray and read the Bible with you, don't deny them. Don't deny them. Because what you're doing is you're cultivating a faith habit. Now, you might have to adjust your schedule, move it up a little bit so that they get to bed on time. But if they ask you to pray, if they ask you to read God's word, don't deny them. Because you're establishing faith habits in their life. Another way is to make church a priority. Be willing to make a church a priority. Now, kids, I'm also going to empower you as one of your pastors that you have my permission to tell your parents we're going to church. And I'm going to tell you, parents, if your kids are the ones leading you to go to church, it's backwards. Kids and students, you have permission to tell your parents, I want to go to church on Wednesday night. If you go Saturday night, be willing to say, I want to go to church. Parents, we need to make the decision that we're going to overcome our weariness and our tiredness to make church a priority. And kids and students, you have my permission to ask your parents anytime we have a church service to tell them, I want to go to church. And then you can come find me if your parents give you a hard time because I want... You all as parents to take church and make it a priority. Here's another faith habit. Get baptized together. 
In fact, in just a couple of weeks on a Wednesday night, February the 5th, we're actually going to have water baptism. And I'd love to see families get baptized together to take that step together. I've seen families do this, and it is miraculous. It is so powerful. So I want to challenge you to register online. We'd love to baptize you all as a family and to make that faith decision together. The third thing that strong families do is they pursue the Holy Spirit together. This is what verse 34 and following says this. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. When Jesus arrived from Nazareth, he was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit. He was ready for action. If you want to be ready for action, be anointed by the Holy Spirit. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all of this because God was with him. No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. I'll tell you, all week as I was preparing for this message, I was saying, God, 2,000 years ago, your Holy Spirit fell on families. And God, would you do it again? Would you descend again and fall on these families that are hungry for you? Take them further. Take them deeper into who you are. Those families, everyone there began speaking in tongues and praising God. I've discovered in my life that the Holy Spirit makes families stronger. And if you want your families to be stronger, seek the Holy Spirit. Sometimes understanding who the Holy Spirit is is a little complicated. We don't really know how do we explain the Holy Spirit. Well... This picture that I have here, this picture represents Jesus, and the water on the inside represents the Holy Spirit. This container right here represents us. But here's what I've discovered in my life. God will not pour into lives that he doesn't own. If he doesn't own our life, he won't pour into us. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. As we seek him and we, as, we ask the, as, as we ask Jesus to fill us, with his Holy Spirit, this is what happens. He begins to pour into us. And some of you have been seeking the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you're wondering, why is it taking so long? Could it be possible that the vessel that God has created you to be is much larger than the vessel you think you are? And the Holy Spirit, he continues to flow and flow and flow. And there comes a point. He overflows. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us to overflowing. And what happens in that moment is we are filled with the power of God. And what emerges out of us is a heavenly language. I don't know about you, but I sometimes need the power of heaven in my heart and in my life because I've had a tough week or I've had a tough moment. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to flow into my life and to flow out of my life. And God wants to do the same for you. And so tonight, as I close, I want to invite you to stand with me. Some of you who are here today, the truth is, is you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
But if you're really honest, you know that God doesn't own your life. You do. The only way we can qualify for the Holy Spirit to pour into us is if he owns our life. And so before we step into worship, I'm going to invite you all to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to give you a moment right now. Kids, students, young adults, parents, single adults, grandma, grandpa. I'm going to give you an opportunity for you to to have a conversation with God and to tell him that you want him to lead your life. So if you're here, again, no one looking, if you're here and you want the Holy Spirit to fill your life, but more importantly, you want God to own your life, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. If you know you need the Lord, one, two, three. Yes, yes, their hands, hands going up all across the auditorium. Okay, you can put it down. For those of you who raised your hand, I want you to say a prayer with me. And it's not about the words. It's really about your heart. It's about saying from the deepest part of your heart that you need God. So I want you to say this prayer from your heart. And you just need to whisper it. Say, Jesus, I need you. I believe that you dying for me was enough to pay my sins. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Lead my life today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who made that decision, we wanna celebrate with you. Can we celebrate and give them a hand? Welcome to the family of God. For those of you who said that prayer, now you are qualified to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. But before we get to that moment, I'm going to extend an invitation for families to come together and worship God together. Let's be like Cornelius. Let's seek God together. So I'm going to invite you families to be bold, to step out, gather at the front. I'm also going to invite the prayer team to come up. They're going to be available to pray with any of you who want prayer as well. But we're going to take a moment and we're going to worship God as family. So young adults, gather together with your family of friends. Let's worship God. Let's seek him just like Cornelius and his family.